And I ain't trying to punch the clock yeah. while I'm sitting thinking, brush my teeth, put on my side. Right. We are back from our really, really long break. I was moving, you know, I was moving different spaces. So I had to get my new space set up. Uh, this isn't the final space, but I will have a, a little bit better space here soon. Mike was uh, also going through a transition, got his new house. Congratulations, getting your house. Um, we're all ready to get back uh, set up and get the show running again. So we're glad to be back. Uh, Hopefully Mike's glad to be back. He's on vacation right now, but uh, we're going to make it happen. We're going to start getting you guys some more episodes coming here on a more regular basis. Again, uh, I'm ready to get back in the swing of things. I know Mike's been itching to get back in. So uh, first off, Mike's now the new head coach of Hutchinson High School, uh, him and uh, Spencer. Co-coach. So that would be two head coaches. Yeah. So basically sharing the pay, the responsibilities, and stuff like that. And when I get back, I already got to hit the ground running with a new schedule, like where it's not just going to be the norm. So, and I don't really, I only know a few of the kids, but I, I'll get to know more of them then. But the scheduling pretty much is Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, open gym. Gotcha. Seven to nine on Saturday might be a different time. And then Monday, Monday and Friday are going to be weight training days, optional weight training, conditioning days. And then Wednesday is just strictly a weight training and a track day for them to run. Gotcha. No basketball on Wednesdays. Nope. No, because I I think that, I think that they need like a day of rest from just like, you know, just playing open gym, like five days out of the week is perfectly fine. needs to, we need to get a mixture of things. So yeah. And I'm trying to coordinate with like, some of the gym like mr shannon the gym teacher he does the weight training for some for the swim team mm-hmm. um he coordinates the weight schedules but i already have a program i just need i just would ask him to help set in or not kind of thing right but, right because you get your degree here soon right yeah so for the most part yeah that that's what that will be soon i'm going to present soon and mm-hmm. then i'm going to be a substitute teacher during the day so you're going to sub coach and uh I know you're doing mm-hmm. one more thing. I know you was I know you was helping with the baseball program there because uh, I know baseball is one of your favorite. And then you was now you're doing coaching and you're subbing, and is yeah. that all your responsibilities? That's all of them. Yeah, no, yeah, that's pretty and, um, I like that. And we've already and just today we um, activities coordinator asked us if the te- like if we were interested in going to Ketchikan from mm-hmm. the twenty the the Ketchikan turn, which is like probably the second biggest tournament besides the West Anchorage one, the American airlines one mm-hmm. that's from the 28th to the 30th of December. Gotcha. But and I, I think it's, I think it's the tournament, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And we just play like a round robin, but they're, they're going to pay it. They're going to pay us like $2,000 just to go. So oh, awesome. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, what, what, uh, what topic you want to touch on first for our audience? I would say like from like my standpoint as a coach, like I've never been like the head coach of like mm-hmm. really pretty much anything. It's like a different responsibility. So right. like an assistant coach, you know, I'm the coolest guy when I'm assistant coach, you don't got to like worry about anybody. You don't got to get anybody's face, that sort of thing. But um, mm-hmm. being a coach, I now I kind of understand like it's hard because like you have to manage young men or, you know, young women mm-hmm. and, the the hardest thing is probably the parent like sometimes parents sometimes like conflicting like egos and that sort of thing you just have to balance and manage that and at the same time like 
you have to know your stuff. Like you have to, you either have, like, I think that even though no offense to any coach that isn't like play that much, but like, you got to be able to know how to play the game Mm -hmm. to, I think, understand and do that and know how to like individually teach them how to do this, how to get open, that sort of thing with just like just the simple basic fundamentals or even down to like the very like detail of it. Gotcha. So you mean like versus in-game schemes versus uh player development? Like you're, you're yeah, trying you to need focus to mix, on both you of need those. To mix it both. You need to mix gotcha. it both, but also at the same time you got focused on team. And the number one thing that I'm going to do is if like I'm, I'm going to be pro, I'm always going to be pro, put the best kids out there. It's not yeah. that I don't like your kid. It's that I'm pro this kid is just that much better. I have no other choice but to play them, like that kind of thing. Right. You that reward is, you reward hard work in some way. Yeah. And that time to develop not, their game. That doesn't mean they're not working hard and I can get and I can try to help them get to a school. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that. Right. At so, all. That like that that that's one thing. And then also with parents, you have to be realistic with like what the kid like what your kid is, even though it's your kid, you have to be realistic mm-hmm. with how they like what they approach what makes them better and that sort of thing or why what is the reasons that i'm doing that why are they not playing or why like there's always a reason for something right and we always had coaches like that had like very strict rules when it comes to parents like parents weren't allowed to come and like start like telling you to like play my kid this and this otherwise nope. the kid won't play it, your game. kid automatically will sit the next game yeah, yeah i think that's really it. smart to just keep parents like from coming over don't keep it out of it right you're just there to enjoy and and i mean yeah my i mean my dad always wanted to like tell our coach marcy where like he was like man she just needs to see his jv games she just needs to see and then he gets more playing time because i didn't get to play varsity one minute until like midway through the season yeah and that was until she started watching us in general when she started watching how good we were as a JV team, that's when she started well, I mean, to she, like pull us up. She she played you and Emmanuel like the very first game for like just like a couple minutes. Like she didn't even look at me. She didn't look at me at all. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. Like I knew that we were not going to get that many opportunities. So I was like, okay, I don't I don't mind if we don't get zero. Like if we get little to none, that makes sense. I'm cool yeah. with it. I wasn't even yeah when we were freshmen. I wasn't expecting a lot of time, but. Really, you're right. Like once we hit about midseason, we started getting a lot more time. Yeah, like maybe a quarter or more. Like yeah, and that's like for freshmen, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, it's like you have to be overwhelmingly like showing that hey, you have better ability than some of these guys. So that's mm-hmm. how I approach it. And also at the same time, it's not it's not just about like your success on the court. It's about de- character development. And my main goal is to make them success like use this as an outlet and to make them successful members to society and whether it's related to the sport or not that that's my main goal and showing them that this is a challenge like a physical mental you know social kind of challenge that you you have to deal with in life but it's going to be it's going to be good yeah i think one thing i struggled with it as a freshman i think we I think all of us had like all the freshmen that were on the varsity team had a good, good sense of uh, how the game was played and we had great abilities, but we didn't make good decisions all the time. And so I think that's, in my opinion, that's the hardest things for freshmen. If freshmen can figure out decisions and make decisions on the fly because it is a fast paced sport and you do have to make quick decisions and you got to make very instinctual moves and instinctual 
plays and things like that. When, when freshmen start to pick up on that, I think that is when you're, when they're most ready to, uh, to be in the game when they start. Well, yeah. And then the, and, and then the, their leash is a little bit looser on that. Like it's like a looser. That was for me personally. Decision-making was the, was the hardest part for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. when I was first coming into the game thousand percent yeah I mean yeah for you like like for me it took me a while because I think I was just so anxious so she kind of like was letting me like figure it out Mm -hmm. with Spencer and Manuel was a lot easier like with the two other guards that we played as freshmen it was way easier it was much easier for them because they weren't like they weren't trying to prove anything Mm -hmm. like me or you they weren't trying to like like me and you kind of were trying to show up like the other guys, it's kind of ego thing, but at the same time, like she wanted them to like, Hey, you need to run the offense, distribute the ball. Right. They were true and point guards go. and we weren't, we weren't true point guards. No, it was a little harder for us to fit in because yeah. Cause she, she was like, Oh, I don't need to look for, you know, I don't need to look for scoring. But then by the end of like, by midway of the season, like we're not winning a lot of games and her scoring's not good. Yeah. So she started trying she had things. To, she, she had no choice. Like she had no choice really. Like she had to put us in some way, somehow. And then if we had a good game, she kept us in. If not, like she just pulled us out, and that's fine. Yeah, I I think she did a good job developing us. I, I oh, appreciated yeah, she, that that she, year and for she, sure. And she she definitely like overachieved with like what she had to work with. Thousand percent. From like just a size and talent perspective, like it wasn't like like the skill was there, but the talent, like just you know, and just the fit, like not being a physically big team. Right. She worked like really well. Yeah. So what are what are some challenges that you are going to that you think are going to be you're going to be facing in the Aurora Conference? Um, well, I would like what, say What do you know about these teams? What, what kind of what kind of games do, is the Aurora Conference playing right now? Are they playing fast? Are they playing slow? Like that those kinds of things. So depending on who you play, Valdez does always plays fast. Valdez and Delta they always play fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Monroe it depends on who you're, who you are, how good is your team, because they'll just slow it down. They'll just completely slow it down, mm-hmm. slow your pace down, and they will just run a play until they get a wide open shot every time. Yep. And you're going to have to make less mistakes than them. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to make less mistakes than be them and be just good defensively. And at the same time, they do get some of the best kids. So I can't be, you know, that you have to be even better. You have to be, even better than like you have to be pretty much perfect to put like to beat him if your teams are like the same talent level or like your team's less mm-hmm. you have to be pretty much perfect right because ostenic uh coaches for to capitalize on mistakes right and that's his biggest he, he makes the best adjustments when it comes to oh i can i can point out that mistake and i can uh i can exploit that mistake i can exploit yeah. this hole that, that hole he's really good at exploiting when people lack fundamental mistakes like it's that's yeah. easy to find and, Galena, it's easy to exploit. Um, and then galena they always play fast they're 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 from uh they're that's a bush that's a bush village mm-hmm. um in interior alaska they always play fast pace they shoot a bunch of threes they move the ball they have they still have plays that i watch and they still run they still run the same kind of plays no matter what coach they and they still run good like they always play good they have they sometimes have seasons where they're like, oh, wow, they're going to make it out of the Aurora and they still have not made it yet gotcha. since they've gone to 3A. So that's kind of the sad thing about them. But they're they're, they're always pretty solid. They have some solid kids that usually play on that team. Gotcha. And then there is – so it's Delta, Valdez, 
Delta Valdez, Monroe. Oh yeah, and then Ileson. You don't know what they're gonna. You don't know yeah, who's gonna know. go there because they're a military base. So you could have like you know you could have some pretty good kids, and I and I've seen some pretty bad Ileson teams. Yeah. But two years ago they were down. they were a shot away from the from going to state against Valdez. Mm-hmm. So two Aurora Conference teams were that good where they were gonna meet in the state championship game and they were that close. Yeah. So it's a it's a question mark with Ileson and they they sometimes run the same like flex offense that they've ran for like since their state years in like gotcha. the early two thousands. So we'll we'll see. But I don't really have that much knowing of like the recent years of the kids. So mm-hmm. I need to I just need to do my research a little bit and see what like ask the kids like what they ran and stuff like that because I, I was out of the loop for yeah, a while. Get, get into the film room, watch a little bit. See what they run in. We know what Ostank's gonna run though. Like you just that's the hard part. Like you know what he's gonna run, but it's gonna be hard to beat. But I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited for you to to step into that role. I know that both me and you have both expressed like working with kids inside the sport of basketball has always been something that we want to do. So happy for you. I'm glad uh glad you stepped up and I'm glad to see uh, the kids having like a someone who truly cares about the sport, knows the sport, and wants to be there and put in the time to to develop the kids that's important i think i think you're doing something important well yeah especially with um some coaches just like you know they just collect the paycheck like you know it's it's a decent you know you get a lot of time but it's a decent check but it's, there's a difference between like the ones that go the extra mile and at my age also at the same time like it's kind of a special thing because i can kind of show them physically and play against them just to show them like just a little bit, just to kind of show them like, Hey, this is how you do this. You know, like what kind of footwork you need to work on. Like I can physically show them because some, some guys are so old that they can't, you know, be able to show that ability at that, at that speed. So that's gotcha. another advantage to that. But also I have to, you know, it's going to take some time to understand like how to make moves on the fly and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think you're going to grow a lot as a coach this year. I think first year coaching, I think it's going to be fun and i think you and spencer are going to do a good job i'll be yeah i'll be paying attention see how you guys do keep me updated mm-hmm. I'll watch yeah and, he, and having someone right next to me like that who's extremely smart yeah is very helpful like he's one of the smartest people that i've that i've played on even when even at college like he's one of the smartest yeah guys like, that when it comes to schemes like running offenses and running defensive schemes against people, Spencer knows what he's talking about. And I think that's going to help balance you guys out. Cause I think you're going to be a great player developer. And I think you're going to be able to like reach individuals. And then Spencer is, is going to be, this is just how I see it. I'm not telling you how to run your program. I'm just telling you, I just, no, I, 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 I could see, I could see that I'm more like, I could be more like Tate, like our, our assistant coach. I could be a little bit more like that. Yeah. I think you guys both are going to work well together. I'm excited to see it. So yeah, the the individual game, in my opinion, is just as important as the the team game. Right, because you get a bunch team of individuals game is just, who are the good. team game. Is just egos yeah. and you know, you know, egos and understanding. Hey, like when you got to have a feel, like an instinct and feel, and IQ about it. Like it's more. I think the team game is more mental and just a feel for one of another. And just getting your ego to the side. The individual is where, you know, that's where the work is put in. Like that's that's the time that you spend to sharpen the tools. Yeah. Y'all playing any uh any forays this year? Y'all playing West Valley or Lake Up? Um, 
I don't know yet. They have not given me a schedule yet. I just know that we play, you know, normal schedule, catch a can, and then probably the Delta tournament. Gotcha. What about, uh, so, you're going to Elks? Um, I don't know because I remember one of the one, like one year when we were like, when we graduated, I remember one year they did not want to invite us back. Oh, I think I, I think I heard about that the year after we left. Yeah. Was... Yeah. They did not want to invite us back because some kids were doing some. Yeah. There were some issues. Thing. Yeah. I, remember, I, I heard about it. that. I heard about devious that. licks. <laughs> yeah. so, like the, that that That's new trend, the devious lick, like just like seeing kids steal like toilet, like buying tools and stealing all the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's great, but that's not gonna fly. That's not. It's no. not. That's not gonna happen with trips. It's. I expect you to be pretty strict, you're, especially being your first year. You don't want to let because if something like something happens on your watch in your first year, like you can be cut off quick. You know. Yeah. Because you're no, a proven no. coach and stuff, so I expect you guys to be strict. On it's the a, case, it's a tight ship. It doesn't matter what like. It's going to be within reason, but it's you have to learn to be di- like discipline and like discipline routine and being an example, being an example of the school and your team mm-hmm. is very important. Very. So if you if you mess with that, your 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 opportunity of playing or mm-hmm. even being on the team is at risk Gotcha. when you do that. Yep. Now talking back to me, I don't really know that that's not. I can deal with that between you and me. Right. That's fine. That's but player you, development. Yeah. That's character. You, you, yeah. I don't care. You can be selfish. You can have bad attitude. I'm not going to kick you off the team because of that. I'm going to kick you off the team. If you're a detriment to everyone else and you're setting a bad example and you're not showing, you're not doing the proper things right. and not showing that you are upstanding student or, you know, a very good person. I, I will cut that off. I don't care how good you are. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, we'll get into a bigger scale things. Um, we got baseball going right now. We got football going right now. Um, they're basketball starting here in a couple of weeks. So we'll have all three uh, major sports here coming soon. Um, but uh, I think baseball has a, has this new uh, playoff system. If you want to touch on it, I'm sure you know a okay. little bit more about it than I do. So yeah, they added a wild card this year in each of the conferences. So there's two wild card spots. So what's going to happen with that wild card is so there's, you know, if you win your division, there's three divisions in each, in each conference, the American league and the national league. Mm -hmm. So if you win your conference, you're in no matter what. Yeah. But if you have the next best record in the last two, like the next best record past those three divisions on Mm -hmm. the two best next records, you get to play the wild card and the wild cards which I don't agree with. I think that the wild card should play a series instead of just one game. Okay. Which is dumb. I don't think that those teams, they should play a series to see who the best team is. Hmm. Even five. Like I wouldn't even say three, five to seven. Okay. But they're, they're kind of doing something new, just kind of like the NBA. And, kind of the, and, it, and it gives more suspense too, because there's teams that are so close on the brink, like especially in the American league where there's the Mariners there's the Oakland A's, mm-hmm. there's the Toronto, there's Toronto, and there's uh, there's the Yankees. And all those four teams, possibly, and they still have a chance to make it a last wildcard spot. And that's the, the last wildcard spots are Boston and the Blue Jays. 
But gotcha. everyone's within four or five games. There's still 14 games left, so it's very streaky. So it gets it gets the fans more involved in everything there. And mm-hmm. at the same time, in the National League, which is obviously the worst league, it is. Like if you mm-hmm. if you're just a casual person just watching base, National League overall is not as good as the American League. Right. But they have powerhouses. So the National League has powerhouses that win a bunch. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. And there's a there's in the NL, in the NL East, the National League East, there's actually three teams that don't have that much wins. They're right at 500. It's the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets. And the crazy thing is, even though the Mets and the Phillies aren't going to get a wild card spot, they could still win that division within the last 14 games. Now, the, the, the Mets, they're the most fun team probably in the league besides the Padres because of their players, but they underperformed and they got hurt. So I don't think they're going to make it, but the Phillies have such an easy schedule. Like they had their, they're playing bottom feeders for the rest of the season, like four, three game series. They're playing bottom feeders who have nothing else but to tank that I could see Bryce Harper and McCutcheon and all those guys win that division. And you know, that that's, what's crazy. You could have a crazy good, like division and three Mm -hmm. of your teams could make it. Three of the teams can make it, and yeah. that's the that's the actually that is the NL East. The NL there's the, the NL Central is the one that's bad. The NL okay. East with the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Rays, the Red Sox, and I forgot the other team, but they're they're kind of bottom feeders. But those four teams, if they were just in different divisions, or you know they were there, two of them were in the NL, they mm-hmm. would have definitely made a playoff spot. That's how gotcha. that's how streaky it is. And then my team and the Blue Jays have been the hottest teams in the your, league. Your that, team is that, the Cardinals, right? Have the Cardinals, yeah. Yeah, so, your team's the Cardinals. So in September 2nd, we had a 2.6% win percent like chance. Mm-hmm. Then we went off and won eight straight. And now we're 72.6%. So it was just such a big difference in what's happening. And that's streaky. And right. the thing is also with to end the baseball thing, the thing is with like, when people talk about like all-time greats, they don't usually bring up their playoff appearances because it's so out of their control. Okay. If you're not a like because if you're a pitcher, you don't really hit. If you're a fielder, guess what? You only bat one out of nine times. The ball isn't hit to you every time. So you mm-hmm. only get one out of nine chance one out of nine chances each time. And sometimes you only get to you only get to hit like two or three times, maybe. Gotcha. So that sort of thing with like you know, get making the playoffs so many years in a row is so hard. Okay. Like it's not a normal thing. It's not like with basketball where you can make the play at like the Spurs where they make it 20 times in a row. That doesn't happen in baseball. The most ever is like nine straight playoff appearances. That's gotcha. it. Every other one drops five, four, four, three, three, two, two, and, and so on and so forth. It's hard. Um, yeah. Baseball, baseball is really hard to, to continually win all the time. I was going to ask um, why you think they added the, the extra walker. You think it's just to add some excitement? Cause I know baseball has been it's losing excitement. It is yeah. because I don't know. I just feel honestly, since there's already this, since there's 30 teams, mm-hmm. I think that instead what I would do is because there's three divisions of five. Mm-hmm. Like I would just honestly, if they could expand or they could like, if they could expand like two more teams, then I would do like six playoff spots, mm-hmm. four being, you know, 
four divisions, six playoff spots, but two uh, two for a wild card, four for that. I would want them to expand. Gotcha. But it doesn't happen. So the thing that su- the thing that sucks is it's kind of like football where you get a bot. Like if you if you're the top seed, all you gotta do is win one game, and then guess what? You're in the you're in the NFC championship or the AFC championship. Yeah. So it's set up in the same way. I got it. Except it's not one game. It's a best of five for the first round for the NLDS for the for the division league series and then for the for the conference series and it's seven then the world series is seven gotcha gotcha i mean i understand because it's a grueling 164 game schedule i understand that so it's a lot of games yeah i think that i think they're doing it because they're the age per of fan uh, for baseball is just going up. They're not. They're not able to uh, capture the young audience. Well, so, yeah, and also they're not promoting their younger stars. So there's younger stars in the league mm-hmm. that their team is right there, but they just don't. They're right there. They just don't have enough. But it's something to play for more. Like just like Tatis, like you know, like recently what happened, like Machado, thirty year old guy who's an all star. Mm-hmm. on the Padres, yelled at Tatis, who's a 20-year-old phenom. He's probably the best 22-year-old that I've almost ever seen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's not about you, like, you know, but, like, you know, you just get work. Like, those kind of stars are getting, like, promote, like promoted in a negative or positive way, and they're getting more spotlight because they're getting more recognition because yeah. their teams are right on the brink or the MLB is promoting them more through like aver- like advertisement and stuff like that. But I think the age of the fans is going to get a little bit better because mm-hmm. of those wild card spots and because they're promoting more of the younger players. Is that but, is that causing like a like a ruffle kind of in the baseball community and the older guys like Machado yeah, and them yeah, they're start- they're starting not to like that? Um no, those guys are no, Manny Machado is just a leader like that that whole like scenario where he started yelling at him, he's a leader. He's reeling them in because that kid is the best player on their team. Mm-hmm. You're 22 years old, I understand, but you you can't think about it. You got to think about the team and just play. Right. So that sort of thing. But it's not bad, but just the older some of the older generation like where they like, you know, it's called being a hot dog. That's what it's a funny term. Being okay. a hot dog like that means being like flashy and stuff, but that that's happened since like Ricky Henderson's basically the AI of baseball. He'd mm-hmm. pop his collar after he would, you know, get a big hit. He would shake around and dance and stuff like that. And people would hate that. Mm-hmm. They would just hate it. But it's not a sign of res- it's not a sign of disrespect. It's just like I would just say that people think it's like a respectful game, which mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter. You're competing. Right. So I'll flip my bat if I want to, and I'll stare you down if I strike you out. Like I think with the newer stuff, it's getting better. Like it's veering towards a more like, you know, people don't get as mad as each other. But like when we grew up, the best pitchers, like the prime pitchers, would get mad if a guy bat flipped. Hmm. Like seven years ago, like for example, Puig, who everyone knows because like he's just a flashy player, he hmm. would knock one out on someone like Bumgarner, who's a three time champion, and he'd get all pissed off and yell at him, which, you know what? Who cares, dude? You got hit off a home run. Who cares? Yeah. doesn't matter. Let the guy celebrate. You, If you can celebrate, he can celebrate too. You want yeah. to make the game fun. You don't want to make it so strict. Gotcha, gotcha. Is there any kind of repercussions when you bat flip or when you stare uh, a pitcher down? Oh, yeah. They, they can, yeah. There are? If okay. He, what, what, can you touch on that for a second? What kind of re- repercussions <clears throat> are there? Well, it depends on how the pitcher feels. So it's kind of sucky. Wait, so the pitcher can 
give out a, yes. like a, a penalty? Like, like the, no, not a penalty. No, 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 no. I'm saying no bat flip. It doesn't matter. It depends on the ump, but it doesn't really matter anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. So it's the gold rules where it's like, hey, don't hit on a 3-0 when you're up big, which is that's bull crap because, you know, they're still competing. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like just celebrating, just like, you know, just there's no actual hitting. like you can't. No, there's not. There's no, but, okay. no, but but pitchers, what some pitchers do or some GMs because mm-hmm. the guy is getting excited and getting in their face or talking shit, which shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be a problem mm-hmm. says, all right, next time he goes to the bat, beam him hard. And then ah. that causes problems and fights. And it's like, gotcha, it, gotcha. it's bad. That's what people don't want to see that. People don't want to see pitchers intentionally walk or beam a batter. They want to see him battle it out one-on-one against one B nine, the pitcher, mm-hmm. and then his defense defense behind him. They want to battle out. They don't want to see nobody get hit. And it's the same energy for the pitcher too and the batter. They can do the they can talk back and forth. I don't mind it. Just don't kick them out. As long gotcha. as they don't get physical, I don't care. I agree. I agree. I think But yeah, beating someone, I've never I've never agreed with that. Even when I pay, I've never agreed with I don't care if a kid, you know what? You just take tip your hat off to him. Mm-hmm. And if he talks back, okay, you have some motivations. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I, I'm learning about baseball culture a little bit. I, I, I kind of understand it. I, I feel the same way about the NFL's rules about taunting. Like they're so inconsistent. Like you stand over a guy, like after you lay him out. Yeah. That's what happens when you get laid out. Someone's going to walk over you. Don't let them do it again. That's what my football coach would say. If he walked over you, don't let him run you over next time. Get lower. Like it's always competitive, you know? So like yeah. I feel the same way about the the taunting rules and in, in, in football as well. Basketball was a little bit touchy. I thought the NBA was super whistle heavy this past season comparatively to how they were uh, in previous seasons about giving techs, kicking dudes out. Like when Kyrie and Schroeder were going at it and they kicked them both out for that. I thought that was so dumb. They, were, they didn't yeah. even, no punches were thrown. There was nothing. Just, the ref was like, ah, oh, you guys are ejected. So I think sports, sports culture in the last few years has been sensitive. And I think yeah. they all, they all kind of got a little sensitive. So hopefully so, that, that changes. Yeah. So going on basketball, a bigger topic. So there's these guys like I would, I watch, you know, basketball YouTube. So they're reacting to these guys called, I don't want to give them attention, but they're called DTP entertainment. Okay. And they're, they're just, I think, I think, I don't think they believe in this shit. I just mm-hmm. think that they're a hot take. Just they, I think they b- believe in 80% of their stuff. Like they're okay. saying that, Oh, well, well, you know, Shaq will get dominated because he doesn't have a bag or something like Hezzy has, he, you know, dribbling to the legs, hoop shit. And they're talking about all these players. They're like, oh, well, the, these guys are coming in already with this skill set and they don't have any they don't have any background to it. They just see highlights and they see that, oh, they have this skill set. So obviously a transition to the NBA, oh, they already have a three point shot where they have this like I understand basketball as a whole. You see guys like more Kevin Durant, like, like Michael Porter jr. Mm-hmm. But there's nuances to it where they don't under, they don't have a feel for it as much yeah. as some of the older NBA players that played college for three, four years, they grew into their bodies. Then guess what? They hit the, they hit the time running, but it's different. But from a bench, like, you know, from guys getting from the bottom, like the bottom guys would be good. Mm-hmm. Like the bottom guys are really good in the league. Like the league's more talented than it's ever been. But the outliers and the guys that are really great or really good back then, mm-hmm. they could transition. 
they I think they would be able to transition, but they're like saying nope, they would not. They would say all kinds of outlandish like crap, like they would say like um like that like they they would just like disapprove like oh Julius Randall already had a bag. I'm like no, Julius Randall played Zebo ball. Yeah, and even Julius Legend of just showing, recently even, developed a bag. Even Legend of Winning is showing them like, hey, look, like they're like, oh, look at that, look at him running the break. It's like he didn't run the break; he literally just dribbled once and then did a move. That's not running yeah. the break. <laughs> oh, he oh he hit a three. It's like you know he hit eleven three. Like people like that need to do their research, and then mm. they don't. They're just so ignorant to the fact that like I know you believe in that you're big on the evolution, but they're like heavy on it, like saying that. Oh, what do you need Lou Williams for a playoff game for? That's what they said. Play Reddish instead. I'm like, you need him for a playoff game because he has experience. Yeah, he makes better right? decisions than Reddish. Yes, yeah. yes, he may, he makes better decisions. You have experience. Why do you think most teams he championship big shots? Win? But then they're saying, oh, they're just they're just trying to get like these guys are just dumb. Like you need to, they'll just blur out random stuff, and it's really annoying. Like I've I've heard like kids even say that kind of stuff, and it's like, oh, they're not That's getting true. the opportunity. It's like, well, if they were good enough. You know what? They would get that vet. So they would play over that vet. But yeah. guess what? The vet developed. Like my big thing is the vet, like a Lowry or a LeBron. They develop their game over time, mm-hmm. and that's why they're still in. Right. Paul Millsap. That's why he's still in the league. That's yeah. why he's playing for the Nets. Right. It's the same thing. Like that. They evolve their games to do it, and then they proceed to tell, "Oh, well, they're." they're and they're, they're sorry now. I'm like, no, because they got old. If they were the same age as those kids, they'd be almost just as good as them. Yeah. Like, that's that's my whole thing about it. But I understand, like, you know, really bottom players in the 90s and 80s would not survive. No. I would understand that. They would not survive. That makes sense. That's a, that's a common thing. But people right. are saying that, like, you know. But I want to hear what you think about it. Like, what's your overall um, kind of, like, I understand I, the theory. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am a, I am a believer of the, um, of the evolutionary theory. And if you guys aren't familiar what the evolutionary theory is, it is that things will always get better. The next iPhone is going to be better than the iPhone before it. Everything is always going to progressively get better because we learn from, like Kevin Durant has learned from Larry Bird. He learned from Magic Johnson. He watched those players growing up, so he can add what they've already done to his game. So unfairly he's going to have a bigger bag because he well he got to watch them make their mistakes if you watch a guy uh like hit his hand on a fucking on a nail while he's while he's putting in you're gonna be like oh i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna hit my hand on that nail when i when i nail it down with a hammer so we get to learn from those guys making those mistakes and that is why that players will always get better i think for every sport Unless something catastrophic happens and we have bad examples of people like that shouldn't be in the positions that they're in and they're running the show, as long as that doesn't happen, then players should always get better. But <laughs> these the, these guys seem to take that theory a little bit too far. Oh, them to say yeah, things like, yeah. I mean, they're saying. I mean, I mean the I mean the title. <laughs> I mean the title Lowe's video on Twitch was saying, like they have shirts saying Devin Booker is better than Jordan. Oh my. Yeah, they have that kind of stuff. Even though, like, we could even get into this, like, even if you're grown in a more time, like, I've met guys like that I played with that were like when I was younger, mm-hmm. that were 20, 15 years older than me. Guess what? Their skill set was better than mine mm-hmm. and they knew more because they they learned about it. 
Mm-hmm. So just because it, it even got like even older players, you could see the skill set because it's like, all right, well, then what about Ben Simmons? There's plenty of guys in the 90s. Like there's hundreds, yeah. hundreds of players that you'll take over him. But because he is a taller guy and he has that skit, like he has the skill set of dribbling and passing mm-hmm. because we see them, we think that's so great. So, right. but the evolution, I'll say the evolution of the guard is better. Like that's mm-hmm. all I'll say. The guard and the point forward is better, but bigs, I would not say that they have evolved. They've evolved stretching out the floor mm-hmm. and maybe adding a dribble move, but the footwork of the post is not even. It's not even close. Yeah, or I think someone being physically dominated, dominant like a Shaq is not even close. Like right. it's not. It's not even close. Where you know you plow people out of the way and it's just an easy dunk almost every time. Yeah. I, I like watching the evolution of basketball because 10 years ago, what the game was missing was a mid-range jumper. And we, me and you could attest to this. Like we had guys that just couldn't shoot. They, they only either shot threes or they shot in the post. Mid-range was a lost art. Now we see mid-range coming back recently in the last few years. We have, we have Kevin Durant yeah. who loves mid-range, Curry. Yeah. All these guys are picking up the mid-range. Cardin's a very good mid-range shooter. Um, but now we're getting to the point where now post game is gone. This is the new era that we're reaching into where guys don't have I mean, a post. Yeah, game. besides like Embiid and all those guys. Yeah. It's yeah, but they're outliers. Like even they AD are, is, outliers isn't in the post we, like it used to be. Like, because because the whole evo- if they're saying the evolution, like if those guys are saying the evolution is so good, then why are these bigs better than the bigs previous, mm-hmm. less spacing and more physical defense? Well, I just think it's different. I don't know if it's better or not. I think the no, game no, is no, just no. I'm different. saying that I'm saying that. If these guys, if these big men are so dominant, like mm-hmm. uh, like Embiid, mm-hmm. with more spacing, less physicality, and no defensive three in the key, mm-hmm. he, I, I'm sorry, he should be able to dominate the same way those guys should. Yeah. Especially if the three-point game isn't doing good in that series, like there's not good three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. You should be able to run the table. That's my whole thing with it. You think he should be doing so, more with the way the rules are set up for him? Uh, yeah. And the way the game is, yeah. Okay. Like, like Akeem and like, yeah, like those guys. Because I, my Akeem, thing is like, because people Barkley. are saying, oh, like, and and these the the guys that I'm t- telling you about saying, oh, Kobe and Jordan, like they're saying the opposite. They're saying that oh, Kobe and Jordan, they they like everyone can score. Everyone's mm-hmm. just better because of evolution. Well, it's like, dog, you know why everyone can score better, right? Like, because floor is stretched out more and everyone can shoot. And you can't hand check no more. You can't, you can't. check no more. Yep. You can't like that. That and that's not discrediting anybody, but saying that like discrediting someone that's like <clears throat> MJ or Kobe. Oh, mm-hmm. those guys would average forty easily. They yeah, would with, with, with this rules. new hand check rule with with the arm sticking out and people badgering jump shots to be yeah. able to get free throws. Yeah, and also, and also I'm glad the NBA oh. fixed that rule. They just fixed that rule where you, you're not yeah. doing that no more. They're making slight adjustments, trying to keep the game pure in a way that doesn't ruin the game and, and ruin the future of the game. I've seen the NBA do yeah. that. Yeah, and also like, but also with those with those older players, it is an unfair argument. And I remember me, you were going back and forth in the Twitter chat yeah, about we Larry Bird and Kevin, like, it was very heated. Like I'll, I'll even with a, with a calm thing. Like I'll say this: you have to make a hypothetical thing for it to to be to be comparable. Like if right. you, like it's, I would, it's all hypothetical. It is all hypothetical. It's not, and it doesn't like it may be mad, but at the same time, you have to bring it to consideration of the footwork, the skill set of his time, 
was mm-hmm. literally modern day. Like if he if he got let loose in modern day, he would be a more mobile Jokic that mm-hmm. could score better. He, he and he could defend better. Even though people say, oh well, you you always say, oh well, Michael Jordan, you know, destroyed him. It's like, well, he's more of like a six nine, six ten guy that yeah. shouldn't be guarding someone like that. Well, I mean, but yeah, none of those Kevin, guys could John How- Kevin I mean, Durant's none of those guys. Is, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Durant's skill set is great. He's one of the most skilled players ever. Mm-hmm. But the post footwork, the spin jumpers, the, you know, like Larry Bird has that. So the that's fakes, my the like passing. With, yeah, like the fakes, the passes, those kind of things were like anybody could get open with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. With Durant, his scoring is just so great. And his, you know, he's so tall and his mm-hmm. handles are so great. But it, I think it kind of evens out a little bit. And their athleticism's actually pretty relative. If you think about it with like their, I just they think Kevin Durant's faster. High. That's all. That's all Kevin Durant's. He's just faster. Well, well I just, well, I'm just looking at like from like, <clears throat> you got to look at like, if you look at 80s film, the, the frames are slower. So you got to yeah. look at like, I, I, I find videos where it's 60 frames per second. So their speed is very relative. Mm-hmm. It, it actually is. Between so, Larry Bird and Durant. Yeah. So it's not that big of margin. He's maybe like a quarter step faster gotcha. when I've watched it. So me look like, like I had to find, like I had to go into archives of like finding 60 FPS, like people remastering it. Mm-hmm. So doing that and him being a little bit taller and him having advancement nutrition and stuff, I think the gap is not that big. I don't Sports think so. Medicine they play is, different. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. So that's why they're better. Like it makes sense. But the guys that are outliers pe- to Pete for people to say, Oh, he can't play because no, those guys could easily play, could easily play. If yeah. they were born in a different time and they had different influences and they have that same IQ and athletic, the same IQ and feel for the game. Mm-hmm. I don't have a doubt in my mind. Now yeah. the bottom more bottom guys. Uh, that's a questionable thing. That's very yeah. questionable, but all star level players and guys who play on the USA Olympic. Team, uh, yeah. They'll, 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 they would figure it out. Yeah, I agree. That's, I think great players are always going to be great. No matter what time you put them, because that's their personality type. Yeah, they like even like it. even people say, "Oh, well, I could play in the semis." Well, yeah, you could play in the general. You know, like yeah, you could because yeah, because you learned because because the sports gotten better, people naturally get better. Yeah, yeah of course you, you can because you got taught differently. Yeah, so they're right, but they're it's kind of like a like you're giving you you have the advantage of learning and everybody learning from those people. And I'll also veer the other direction with like. The 2000s and 90s, especially the 2000s, which our friends Matt and Rick glorify, which I think their talent is amazing. Like the 2000s to the late 90s, the talent is top tier. Yeah. But the offensive schemes are absolutely primitive, mm-hmm. absolutely primitive with yeah. what I with what I saw. It was very primitive and it like kind of held back efficient offenses like they didn't make it efficient. Yeah, the only people I felt that were that had some crazy offensive schemes are Popovich's teams. His yeah. teams are outliers, but not very many were like that. And honestly, shout out to Mike D'Antoni because he honestly started the whole new age. Like this is what it is. Now. Like the Mike D'Antoni yeah. stuff is mismatch, pick and rolls, get open for three, that yep. kind of thing. Like even like the Suns team. Like this is a hot take, but if you really think about the Phoenix Suns. Like, like and I don't and Stoudemire? they are probably a super team in that close. time. You got two MVP caliber guys for mm-hmm. top five every year. You got Sean Livingston, all-star, and mm-hmm. you got Joe Johnson coming off your bench. 
and then you got yeah. Quintus Richardson. You got all the, and you got That's a bunch of Boris Diel. You got all the, those got like, if, because super team is a new term, mm-hmm. that team was revolutionary in its own way. They just it couldn't was. make it out. Yeah. But they, yeah, they're, they had Kobe and company, you know, like it's, it's tough to beat. A guy but like yeah, Kobe. yeah. The evolution, like I understand like kids these days are like, it's, I understand there's kids that like, you see their talent and like, Oh my God, like they have all these tools, mm-hmm. but also the culture of it is, are they going to be mentally ready? Are they going to mature? Are they like, what, what's their, what's their plateau? Like, are they going to fizzle out? Like, that's kind of my thing with it too. But like these guys are like saying like, Oh, well, like this is the next Kevin, like every time some newer guy comes along, it's like the ho-hum kind of thing of just, Oh, well, obviously he's better. He watched them. It's like, no, that doesn't mean you're better. Right, mentality just is you a lot watch, to do with sports. Just because you watch somebody and you emulate their game does not mean you can be better. Like I think Kobe Bryant's the most skilled player ever, but I mm-hmm. don't think he's a better player than Michael Jordan. I think he's more skilled because right. he learned from him. Mm-hmm. But he's not a better finisher. He's not a better defender. He's he's not a better athlete. But it's the it's not that. Like you got you have to do your research and understand like what their skill set is and how talented they were like from a physical and a skill standpoint. Yeah. And then if you see their ability, you're like, okay, this is their ability during that time. How about what if we put them there? Freaks are going to be freaks. It doesn't matter whether it's in the mind or in the body. Yeah. So speaking of evolutionary, so we talk about, you said like Nash and Stoudemire were evolutionary for the game of basketball and and D'Antoni's offense was evolutionary for the grand scheme of basketball, right? Yeah. What, how do you feel about the evolutionary of these new guys that are running this new kind of offense? Doesn't seem to be working just yet, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work like Trey Young and Luka Doncic where they have the ball in their hands a lot, but they just Um, can't seem to win it with the ball in their hands all the time. Do you think that is something that like is going to come to fruition and that's going to be a new wave of basketball, or do you think they're going to have to make adjustments? Well, those kind of guys are outliers in special cases because they're their gravity. Mm-hmm. So guys like that who are top 10 passing talents, you want the ball in their hands a lot. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, they're not really like the, like Luca's a passable defender. Trey Young is an all time, like bottom defender. He just doesn't, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you will trade that for him having the ball in his hands and make the decision. Yeah. Especially with the offense constructed. So I just think, depending on how your offense is constructed and what your star is, I don't think it's bad. I just think you put the load a little bit too much on the guy, mm-hmm. but these guys are only, you know, 20, 22, 23. We got to see how it works out. Yeah. I agree. And also at the same time, you got to think about this. The last 21 NBA championships, every player, every player that has won was had a top, like usually except for the Mavericks, that's it. Mm-hmm. A top five MVP guy in the la- in the MVP. running, top five. Dirk wasn't top five that year. Nope, I don't think so. So I know I know his uh, or a his top Murray... five or at least a top five player like that. You have to gotcha. either have top five MVP or top five players. So those guys aren't like it. Luca's right there, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you don't. You need a top five player with you an all star supporting cast. Yeah, yeah. No one's like, ever won by themselves other than no. Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. No, an all-star level player with the top five player. That's usually yeah. the formula and then role players that fit that fit the mold or like round out the weaknesses and make them not so not not so apparent. Yeah. I like that me and you agree that the that two thousand was it two thousand eleven Mavericks team? Is that what it is? Yeah, that that is the that's the, the hardest route. Like, that team's ninety-four the first season, 
mm-hmm. and Michael Jordan's 1998 are the and D Wade's 06 are easily those are the, the hardest. hardest routes. And then I would even say Kobe's 09 because I mean, even though you know you got Artest and Pat, like you got Pow, Pow's an All Star, mm-hmm. it's still top five player, but Artest and Bynum, like they're kind of past their primes, like that sort of thing, but they're still good players. But then right. when you look past that, you got Jordan Farmar and just like Busa, Sasa Vucevic or whatever his name is. Like just <laughs> very role-oriented players, but role right. players make up a team. Yep. But I agree. those four those four definitely, and people say, oh, what about Jordan? Oh, he's been on Super... No, that 98 team, I'll say like if we're back, if we're going background, like because mostly LeBron fans will bring up, oh, well, he had a super team. Mm-hmm. No. In 98, Scottie Pippen had chronic back, like chronic ankle and back problems. He was... I think that a super team is defined by the health of the health of the roster mm-hmm. and what level of, of play were they playing at that time? Not gotcha. what all time ranking, not none of that. I don't think so. Then that by it, that definition, you couldn't have considered last year's Nets as a super team. No, no, because no, of their health. I understand. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, you got to put that into consideration. Then also Rodman is past his prime. He's 36, that kind of thing. And yep. he had the lowest scoring supporting cast bottom three ever to win one. So for that, that's a carry job. And then Hakeem's 94, he had the next best player who had 14 points per game. Yep. You don't have an all-star level player. Who was the 14 points per game? That was Vernon Maxwell. Vernon Maxwell, that's right. You don't have have an all-star player. You have a bunch of good, you know, good quality role players, but that is a good team. That's just a good team. And people are saying like, oh, well, that doesn't mean they're a great team. No, they're a great team. They won it. That means yeah. they're a great team, but that doesn't mean they're just head and shoulders above. Yeah. And then the Dirks Mavericks will just go over that. Oh, well, Tyson Chandler was a defensive player. No, he wasn't. He was not a defensive player of the year that year. He didn't win it yet. He's a great defender. Oh, yeah. Jason Kitt. And then people bring up the Hall of Fame. Like, I remember me and you used to bring up the Hall of Fame this, but no. Jason Kidd was turned 38 in the finals. <laughs> yeah. 38. He was, he was not very he good. Is not, he is not playing at an all-star level. Did he even average 10 level. points a game that year? I think it was like, was it nine? Nine. Nine. Nine points a game. Nine and seven assists. But everyone's and like, oh, assists. well, that's good. No, it doesn't matter. That's not He's a not, super team. Yeah, he wasn't playing at a Hall of Fame level or Jason all-star Terry, level. Jason Terry is not like not yeah. all-star. None of those guys are, besides Dirk, none of them. So that sort of notion of people rewriting history just makes me, it, it, it grinds my gears the most. When yeah. people try to rewrite history, when you can just ask someone who really watched it back then, like mm-hmm. me or you in 2011, that's no, that no. no, and it's inexcusable that they even that the Heat even lost because you know what the average so margin usually was two points, one point, three points, four points, two points. For that to be such an underwhelming thing to not talk about is trying to rewrite history. No, the performance of LeBron was was bad. That's what I go back to every time. It is bad. There is no excuse for that. I can't really look at a series and call him awful except for that series. That series, he was actually awful. Yeah, and then the 2007, like, spurt, but he was 22, 23. I don't even care. He made it all the way. I don't blame kids when they're dragging their team to the finals. I I never, like, if you drag a team to the finals that isn't supposed to be there, you get all the credit, in my opinion, especially as a 22. Yeah, like, like Jimmy Butler, even though he wasn't even 22, yeah. Did anybody did anybody just say like, oh, they they no? They said you need to keep your heads up high. You literally did something yeah. that no fifth seed has ever done. Right. So that's and, and he's playing with hurt bam, and he's playing against 
two of the top five players oh, in the yeah. world so at the time. Let's you know. let's get back to that little. There was a post on I remember on Instagram which I saw. It was like or like on Twitter, which team is better? And they said the 2019 Raptors or the 2020 Lakers. And you know what? I'll say this. I was saying the Lakers are a super team. I don't think so. I kind of take it back now. I I never I, thought so. I I think I take it back more now. Now, now they, they are. are. Now yeah, they are. Now they are a thousand percent. <laughs> but the 2019 Raptors. I'll say the reason why I'll take them over over the Lakers are two things: depth. Actually, no, three things: depth, defense, more vets. I will take that. They're better. And also, speaking of Jimmy Butler, you got a team without Goran Dragic, who's like a sub All Star. And bam, hurt. Yeah. You guys. Well, Dragic was our leading score. Let's put let's put that in for. He's our leading yeah. score. And you guys playoffs. only beat him in six. They beat them in six games. Yeah. It should have been a four game sweep. It should have been a sweep, especially when it you're not been playing with Dragic. Sweep. And it bam, should have been an two easy games. Double digit sweep. It should have been double digit average sweep. Yeah. So against the type people of to say that, the, and then and then people to say that like the Raptors wouldn't have to no. Kyle, the, their guard play, even though they clamped up Lillard and stuff, they played against shoot-first guards. Mm-hmm. Harden, Russ, Dame. Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry's not a shoot-first guard. He's an all-around tool player. He's a defensive, Defense, I think, defensive playmaking. First. And that run that he had with Kawhi, Andy Baca, and Siakam, and Marcus and all of them, they all fit. And the guys coming off the bench with Van Vliet. I didn't really – I, I, I couldn't figure it out, but now that I'm like sitting here talking to you about it, I think I agree. I think I would take Toronto Raptors over them. I would. And also the thing, the thing is with like, I always think the recipe for winning, like if you look at it in history, a player that wins a championship is usually a two-way star. Yep. Usually the better teams have a two-way star. Yep. Usually. Usually. Dirk. Usually. Usually Dirk, Dirk, and then LeBron, even though people say, oh, he still played. No, he doesn't. He doesn't play. He doesn't play as much defense. He doesn't. He plays as much when he wants to, but he didn't. He picks his moments, I think. And I I think that's smart for vets to do, not to wear themselves out. But in key moments, I think LeBron can lock up any, anybody in the league, but he's not going (laughs) to do that for the whole game. You know, he's not going to, he's not a psychopath. He's not, he's not one of those guys that are psychopaths. No, he's not like one of those guys that will, at their mid thirties will play 40 minutes and guard the best player. Yeah. It's not that like, and that's not a knock on him. That's just him doing longevity, but he's not like those kind of guys where they just, they don't care. They're going to make it a personal game. Yeah. But yeah, they're like the whole thing with the, I would say like now going into evolution, like my thing about evolution is we never talked about super teams like 10 years ago, right. never talked about it, but no, it was just like it, bird got, Five Hall of Famers on his team. So what? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, we never. My definition it. of it is: you have to have a top five player who's an MVP candidate, mm-hmm. a top fifteen player, and then probably no. Actually, I would say like I think you need two fast. top five players. You could have no. I would say even two: a top five and a top ten, a top yeah. five and a top ten, and then maybe an All Star to like barely, maybe barely making the cut All Star. All-star, all-NBA player, yeah. Yeah. So, all-stars, I don't think, like, oh, they're three all-stars. D- dude, the, the Atlanta Hawks had four. Yeah. They, they just were with, they were just a uh, low. What, what team was that? With Joe Johnson? and No, 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 no. That's with, uh, that's with Millsap, Teague, Corver. Oh, yeah, Corver made it that year. Yeah. That was, I remember, Killer Kyle. 
Pillow Clover. So, yeah, and he, like so like when people bring up super teams like the 2016 Warriors, no, I don't think they were. I don't think the 15 or the 16 were. The Golden I don't State think Warriors, so. wait, wait. Clay wasn't a top 10 player. He wasn't. You're saying before Kevin Durant, they weren't a super team? Before Kevin Durant, they weren't. They were not. They were not. They weren't. I think it's close, but I wouldn't consider them one. But I do think it's no, close. No, I just think that they're a great team because you look, you just look at how the pieces fit. That's just, it worked out. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't think that that's true. And then people like, I mean, people would freak out on me like saying, oh, Jordan, I, I was like, Jordan didn't have a super team besides like, I would say like maybe one or two years. Yeah. That's it. Uh, like, I what? think more than two. I think only two. I think gotcha. it because I don't think Scottie Pippen was ever a top 10 player ever. I don't think. I'd never, I've never thought that, but guys, for that one. guys that are in the 2000s think that like, oh, well, he's a top five. I was like, no, he was a top five player. Maybe. I still think top, Scotty's a top 10. I think you've been, I think you're stretching on that. Better than, I don't think he's been, like, so like, I'll just list off the guys. This is my reasoning mm-hmm. because he is a second option mm-hmm. and he only went to the second round mm-hmm. with a team that is suited, that triangle offense is suited for ball movement and he was a point forward. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't hard for him. Like he didn't have to shoot that many shots. So Shaq, Hakeem. So during that time, 94. Okay. Let me just Shaq, mm-hmm. Hakeem, Reggie Miller. That's like, and those aren't even the top. Those aren't even the top guys. I'll take Patrick Ewing. And that's only in the East. Mm-hmm. You want me to keep? Yeah. I mean, I can go in the West. I, I don't think you're going to be able to convince me personally. Carl, like, di- didn't he lead the league in scoring when Jordan left? No, no. I he think- was like sixth. He was sixth. Hey. He was sixth. Okay, we, we sixth. just have to agree to disagree. I think Pippen sixth. was a top ten player in the league. I do think that, and my my reasoning for that is, I'll ask you one question. I'm gonna answer my question with a question. You ready? How okay. many? How many? How many playoff series Jordan ever won without Pippen? Okay, now let me let wait, me wait, wait, no, answer the question. That the context. No, no. Let me. How many has he ever context. won without him? How many has he won? When they were, when he was a starter, when he was putting up all star love, because when he, when he, when he came in as a rookie, mm. it took him three years to become that player. Right. Cause other than that, he was averaging like seven, eight, mm. 10 points, 12 points on horrible efficiency, mind mm. you. Horrible, like really bad efficiency, playing good defense. I'm just saying, Pippen was able to win series without Jordan. Even though he had a better team than Jordan, I'm not. I'm not. Series? What? He, he, he won. He, he won. He won a playoff no, series without Jordan. Set, the culture was set. Was, in and, I, and I don't want to take that away from him. I, I understand so, the culture was set. But okay, I'm just saying well, he's a top ten player for sure. There, a lot of old heads that I talk to think that Pippen might have been the second best player in the world, and those are guys who watch the game. I don't think that. I think oh that's God, a team is definitely they, the second best player. Fuck. They. They. They must. <laughs> But no. there's a lot of guys from that time who believe Pippen was top five, top four no, player. Any guy that any guy that in that era who shot the ball below forty percent in the playoffs is the mm-hmm. number one guy. I'm sorry, I'm writing you off. You're not. You're not a top ten player. You're not when the offense is construed around. We have sorry, to disagree not. on that. I, I think Pippen's top ten player. He, he's right there for no, his no, time. He's, he's right there. He's eleventh yeah. and twelfth on my list. He's right there. Gotcha. But you think John Stockton was better than him? You really think I think John Stockton's better than him? I don't think John no. Stockton's better than him. At John basketball. Stockton has. Let's just go on that topic. Those those two guys 
have more first round exits than conference finals appearances. Yeah. Yeah. They lost a lot. So, so <laughs> I don't I don't think about that. No. There's not 10 but, players. I don't there's not 10 players that are better than him in 94. In 94, yes. But in all the other years, when Jordan came back and when all those I, I would other say years, last two years, like 97 and 98. I could I could say he, he wasn't, wasn't a top, top ten. 10. He wasn't. Even I could say ten. that, but before that, what the the other the other four championships they won? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was top 10. I would say ninety ninety. Let's see, ninety two. I wouldn't say it because I would say ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. That four year span, he was a top ten player. But I the agree. other years, the other years, the majority of his career. Okay. He was not a top 10 player. We agree then. We agree. We agree. We just okay. had to get down to the nitty-gritty specifics. I understand. All right. Uh, I think that's uh, that's going to be a wrap for us. I don't think we got anything else. Uh, we'll get uh, into more NBA topics uh, as the season comes. It's going to be here in a few weeks. I'm excited for Miami. You know, we got a new squad. We got Lowry. You know, shooters are developed. We signed everybody that we wanted back for the most part. We lost a couple. You know, mm-hmm. lost Jay Crowder. Lost, lost a couple guys, but. I'm excited for Miami's future. Um, I know you're excited. We're both Miami fans. I think we'll be good. The only thing that I'll say is, Bam, please shoot the ball. Do what yeah. you did against the Nets <laughs> and shoot it. Just I, I don't even care about threes. I just want you to shoot the mid-range when it's available. Yeah. I think don't all Miami feet hands want him to just be more aggressive offensively. I mean, you like, like for me, like if you if you would have seen if there was videos of me, it would probably gone viral because I was like almost breaking shit in my house because he little literally Brooke Lopez, who's like a, a little bit faster than Gobert, is like not even putting his hand up and he's like saying shoot the fifteen footer and then Bam just like all right I'm gonna go to the cup instead and I'm like dude we you just worked on this yeah. and you added to it you might as well just like take it. And if yeah. you miss it, you know what? I wouldn't even be mad at you because it's like, hey, you took the available shot. Yeah. If he's more aggressive offensively, I think the ceiling is the limit. Like he, he doesn't – the sky's the limit. I mean, he could be he could be a top-10 player very quickly if he's just more aggressive. I think I, – I, I, I'm a big believer in him just because of how he approaches things. But, like – Me too. He, he just suits us and stuff like that. But my only, my only thing is, like, the Jimmy contract, I think, was a little, little oh, crazy. Hi. A little high, for but me. but if we get more guys and he's mm-hmm. just like a playmaker, more like you know, like more like a defender, and then he takes like less shots, I could see it. I could see it work out for us in the longer run. But yeah. for now, I think we're like a contendee, not a contender, mm-hmm. because the Nets and the Bucks are just so like just clear. Like I think they're clearly better. Yeah, and they have. I, the I hope Kyle Lowry brings something new. Yeah, because I, I, I think, think he I could think... torture some of the guard play over in Milwaukee. I think he could. Yeah, but uh, Drew Holiday. Um, yeah, that's Drew Holiday, scary. Can, Drew Holiday can't guard everybody. You know? Yeah, but he makes so. everybody. He makes everyone he fucking breathes on into corner shooters. Yeah, so it'd be, it's gonna be an exciting season. I'm excited, but, but for we'll it. see. We'll see. Hope, yeah. but my pick, Nets. If they're healthy, it's just like that's just yeah. so obvious. Like I they, said that last were, year. I said that last year. I think Nets healthy. Nobody in the world can beat that team. No. They're gonna they're gonna dominate, and you know what? It's the league and the team's fault for not pushing hard to go somewhere else or someone not yeah. trading. It's our fault. It's Philadelphia's fault. It's anybody's fault if they went. Like I, I just don't see. I don't barring injury. It's just that it's just themselves. They're gonna lose. Yeah, I think they're clear clear cut. Like 
I remember some people like, what? Well, the champions are still the champs. And listen, bro, did you watch the first two games where Kyrie and them were healthy and they were, they were, they were blowing them out. It wasn't close. Milwaukee was getting ran out the gym. Their offense. Yeah, they were getting Milwaukee was getting. And now their young guys are getting better too. Like it's like, and now they're going to actually like play a season together. Yeah, like that's scary. Scary. So it's so scary. Those the only the only teams that I could even see stop them are even the Lakers. The Lakers they just don't match up well with them. No, they don't. They're going to match up, but they maybe they, maybe they get the benefit of those matchups because adding Melo at the four is a kind of a weird spot for the Nets to guard. So yeah, they can do a bunch of different things. Kevin I don't Durant know how plays four a lot, so I don't know. Like that, that's my whole thing. Yeah. And I just think that Harden and Kyrie are better than Westbrook. I do too. And I think Harden is easily better than AD. Like if we just look from like player to player to player, like they're just like the top three are better than just their top talent. three. Like yeah, easily man. better. Like Kevin Durant is deep. better than LeBron. Yeah. Kevin Durant is bet he's better. He is. He, he's better right now. LeBron's old. And Harden, he's better than A D. And Kyrie at this point, honestly, is better than Westbrook in the play. Like he's a playoff player. I will take yeah. him. And he can take as many days off as he wants. Yeah. The thing is the Lakers are probably like, you know, maybe they're like their their defense, I'll give it to them. Shooting, superstar talent, playmate, <laughs> like superstar talent scoring nets all the way yeah. playmaking defense Lakers yeah. depth they're kind of both of them are kind of hands up but I'll take the nets depth over them too I agree and their defense isn't bad either they were like you know the, the nets when they were in the playoffs they were a top three defense in the playoffs yeah they so fixed that, that really scary. quick that narrative they I remember people were like that narrative they couldn't guard they couldn't stop nobody well, yeah because Colin Stexton dropped like almost a 50 ball on them yeah it was personal for Colin though yeah but yeah, well, that that's my pick. Um, hopefully, I'm wrong. Like, I yeah, hope, uh, like, I, I would like Giannis to do it, but I don't think so. It's always good to see Giannis. I I love and, seeing Giannis win. That was awesome. But I think that, but my my bold prediction is since the Clippers are hurt, like Kawhi's out, I'm not going to pick the Clippers. I think if I think it's going to be Lakers Nets. I just think that that's going to be ha- like it just seems destined to like happen. Yeah. But if Jamal Murray comes back. He's the one that could answer the call because Denver. a playoff. He's he's one of those guys that could just yeah. Don't overlook go crazy. Denver. You still got the league. You still got you got the league MVP over there. Jamal's coming back. Michael and Porter's going to get Nets a bigger role. It, it's going to be the bu- It's going to be the Bucks. Yeah, still pulling for Miami, but I, I, yeah, I agree with you. Well, it'd have to be the seating. The seating would have to be in the favor, and the Bucks and the Bucks and Nets would have to play each other in a you know another oh, set six or yep. seven. And I hope then, the Bucks and Nets and, have to play each other, and then we just beat in the conference finals and wait for one of them to beat each other up. You know, that, that's my that's my plan and my hope. Yeah, you know, that'd be awesome. No Lakers, Miami. though. I don't know. Like, I don't know with the West because I don't like if they're not going to be was, number one. If, seed, honestly, if Kawhi, if Kawhi was healthy, I would pick the Clippers over the Lakers in a heartbeat. I would I would easily clip pick them. Maybe I, I would. I would easily I would easily pick them because of what Kawhi did in the playoffs, and that's why I have Kawhi top three. Yeah. Still, if he comes back completely healthy, you know, I might put him over Durant or Giannis. He he could be the best player in the world. He has because he played because because when he played those series, like on my last note, he shot Steph Curry efficiency. Yeah, it was actually he, insane to watch. Yeah, and he can defend. Mm-hmm. Like now he's not play- he's not guarding all game no more. I noticed that. Yeah, he's but, but when he it guards matters, in moments. Was, yep. When it matters, he made Luca look bad. Yeah. So. I'll say this, like what other player 
besides him has those expectations at this point. No, to nobody shoot and defend nobody. Nobody yeah, has to be to be the that. best score on on both teams in a playoff series and against the best Luka defender on both teams and best defender and do the right plays like him shooting 60 percent like, you know, you know, 60 percent games, 80 percent games, all that. That's why I could he I could possibly do it. But because of health on Durant and Kawhi's part, that's why Giannis number one. That's the reason. And also, gotcha. he's a dom- he's more dominant than them in like all around aspect. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I'm excited for it. Uh, that's a wrap. Yeah.